Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Giving out high honors today. I'm reading from Psalm 95, verse 1 through to 7. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. The awarding of honors is a popular and highly desired experience. Colleges and universities award honorary degrees to outstanding persons who have distinguished themselves in various fields of endeavors. Many independent countries have layers of national honors which are bestowed on deserving residents who excel in different areas of pursuits. Local communities will award outstanding community members, people who unselfishly contribute to the growth and development of these local communities. The British monarchy is well known for its long outstanding awards and honors system, which in some instance, recipients get not just awards and mementos, but privileges that are lifelong or which can be bequeathed to family members in the event of the passing of the recipients. I could go on and on, but you get the essence of what we are saying. Well, how about us having an awards ceremony honoring the greatest of all times? I'm talking about Jesus, of whom it is said, he is worthy. Ancient writers, religious leaders, and literary scholars have sought to honor God. You have great composers who dedicate songs to Jesus, lauding him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. By the way, when I was a child, I used to say, King of Kings of Kings, until in later years I realized that the proper way to recite that tongue twister is that Jesus is the most senior or the highest king by any standard by which kings are evaluated. So he is king, singular, of all kings, plural. <laughs> so here we have a portion of a greater psalm and in which Jesus is being celebrated. I particularly like how the writer invites us at the beginning to sing and shout. I guess the singing is for the real singers and the shouting is for the rest of us. <laughs> But let us get back to celebrating Jesus. We are called upon to sing and I am ready because they are talking about the rock of my salvation. My salvation means so much to me because there was a time when I was dead in my trespasses and in my sins. And God sent his son to become my savior. That in itself is crazy because being sinners, we had no hope. I had no hope. And then I heard about Jesus, the one who gave up his royal status for many years. He was simply doing what the Lord, his father, required of him. All of that led him to die on a cross, not because he had done anything wrong, but on the contrary, everybody else was in the wrong. 
His death on my behalf was what God the Father demanded so that in turn I could be redeemed. So today, my friend, I join the crowd as they sing and as they shout. We are exalting our Lord and Savior, the one who is most deserving. I can say more than that. Jesus is worthy of the praise we bring to him. In fact, I don't have to wait for the once a week celebration that goes on in church right where I am. I can take a break from life and honor the giver of eternal life, Jesus the Christ. If we honor him as our Lord and Savior, what else is there to celebrate and what is there to give him? After all, some writers suggest that we cast down crowns before him because angels in heaven are constantly celebrating Jesus. But we have not in any way exhausted the greatest of our praise to God. The writer makes some heavyweight declarations. Firstly, he said that Jesus is the great God, the great King of all gods. You see, many societies and cultures have identified gods of different kinds. The Greeks and Romans had a historical record for the scores of gods they served. These gods were highly revered and often enshrined and represented in statues of precious stones and placed in high places for all to see. Many people worshipped these lifeless, lifeless idols that represent significant aspects of human life, such as fertility, wealth, peace, security, and so on. Temples and smaller houses of worship were erected to convene worship services and for the offering of sacrifices to these gods. The writer states very clearly that the God we serve, the God of the heavens, the God who created this world, is the king over all these gods. Then one would assume that someone asked him to justify his claim, because what follows are words of justifications about the great God we serve. He says that in God's hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. In simple terms, God owns it all, the hills, the valleys, and everything in between. Oh, and don't forget the vast oceans all over the world and the dry land. God made them also and they all are his. In a sense, it sounds like a sequel to Genesis 1 because both writings speak of God making and owning the earth and everything that is in it. If you have as active an imagination as I do, you can just hear the chants and songs and anthems as they ring out high praises to God, as joyful singers and musicians bring their skills to make sweet, harmonious melody in grand celebration of God, and the proud audience breaks out in spontaneous applause at different times and praises because they too share these grand sentiments about God. The writer ends this section with a call to worship, a moment of reverence as we pause to give thanks to the true God. We can do so because we are related to him. He is our God and we are his people. Selah. <laughs> 